to Getting to Show You, a podcast where my friend Balt and I take turns introducing each other and you, the listener, to media that we love. I'm Lou, and this season, I have the pleasure of getting to show you DuckTales 2017. Woo! <laughs> I was just about to do that, uh-huh. but I wasn't sure if I would like the right note, so thank you for doing that. <laughs> Very good. So before we get right into it, here's just a little explanation of what I mean when I say season and what that means for the podcast and you, the listeners. So DuckTales is a TV show. So there's quite a bit of stuff to talk about. So we decided to split it up. So in this episode, we're going to talk about season one, episode one to six, and we're going to keep going like this. Now, that means that we're going to have if my math is correct, about 12 episodes dedicated to DuckTales, which makes one entire season for this podcast. But that doesn't mean that the next 12 weeks or so are going to be just DuckTales on this podcast. So if for whatever reason you're not interested in listening to us talk about DuckTales, don't worry, you can keep an eye on our feed anyway. You can keep being subscribed because in between we will still release single standalone episodes like our first and second episode where we talk about one piece of media and it's just one contained episode that isn't connected to any other episode or season or whatever. So you can keep listening to us, keep an eye on us and maybe the perfect thing is coming for you yet. So I hope that explanation made sense for everyone Um, and let's get right into right into it. Balti. Yeah. What wow. were your expectations for this show? That was fun. Like, we talked about this in advance. I am not a cartoons person. Mm. Like, I don't watch cartoons ever. I didn't watch them much as a kid. Like, I was... I'm probably the right age to have watched the old yeah. DuckTales. Um, and I remember seeing some of that, but not a lot. Because my parents were really strict when it came to TV. I didn't get access to it a lot. Um... So, I didn't know much going into this. Like, I um, I, I knew it was about Donald Duck and his three nephews, but I didn't even know the, like, the English names. Yeah. I, in, in German, they're called uh, Tick, Trick, and Truck. <laughs> uh, so, I kind of knew, like, they were similar sounding as well, but I wasn't sure how, and I was like, huh... Who like Huey and one of them is Louie. What's the third one? I don't know. <laughs> um so that that was uh that <laughs> not a great start. Um then I was like, wait, hold on. There was also like more kids of like classic Disney characters. I think there was Goofy who has a son now. Is he in this one? I don't remember. <laughs> Um, then there's the big cat guy one. <laughs> I didn't know his English name, and I knew he has a kid. I was like, is Who? he in this one? I have no idea. <laughs> like, there's so many Disney characters, and I didn't know, like, which one of them uh, belong in this, like, specific franchise. <laughs> it was very confusing. So, hilariously, you are touching on something that's very unique in DuckTales, which is that... Frank Agonis, the creator of the show, immediately when deciding to make the show approach Disney and 
basically said, can I have clearance for all your cartoon characters? Whoa, okay. So we are going to see a lot of them in the future. Mm -hmm. And it's very funny that you mentioned that you didn't know who belongs to DuckTales because now they kind of all belong to DuckTales. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great news. I mean, so far I, I don't know. Like, it I wasn't the case many of back them. then. They were very different shows and movies, but uh, yeah, you you somehow you got lucky. You don't have to know it. <laughs> You'll just see them all, and they'll all be DuckTales. Okay, cool. <laughs> Exciting. Um, yeah, other things I did know. Um, th I knew that Danny Pudi was in this, yeah. which I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Like, I love Community, and I uh, watched it because of him, and I always knew that if... I one day would watch DuckTales, it would be because of Danny Pudi, which turns out that's not the case. I watched it because of you, actually, <laughs> but uh, still, Danny Pudi well, was a factor. It's understandable, um, <laughs> because he really, he put, unintentionally put DuckTales on the map with his uh, Larry King interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the only reason I knew it, <laughs> it was uh, like that he dreams of comfortable Larry, stops. I want DuckTales. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, and I also knew that David Tennant was in it. Yeah. Um, didn't know which characters either of them would voice, which was hilarious because once again... Um... I love the concept of going into the show and not knowing that the Scotsman would voice Scrooge McDuck because you know so little about the show that you don't even know who Scrooge McDuck is. Yeah, I didn't know Scrooge McDuck. Like, I didn't know I that, that. that duck is Scottish because in German he doesn't He's have not, a Scottish yeah, name. that's true. In German <laughs> like, doesn't. If I if I had known that, like he's called Scrooge McDuck, and like made the connection that that's a Scottish name, I could have probably guessed that David Tennant is voicing him, but I didn't know that, so that was a fun surprise. <laughs> I love that though. That's so fun. So you burned in with like no expectations because you just simply did not know anything. Yeah, like I knew a bunch of characters vaguely um didn't know much about like their relationships or anything uh like i know know the stereotypical concept of who scrooge mcduck is also like because of the name i'm yeah. familiar with the dickens character <laughs> and like I, I, i'm aware that he's like named after him i read books um, <laughs> yeah i'm well read and also one one final thing that i do want to mention is mm. um of the old DuckTales, I don't remember much. I do remember that my favorite character of them was uh, Daniel Dusentrieb, who is called Gyro Gyrlus. Gyro <laughs> in, in the English one. Beloved, voiced um, by Jim Rash in this masterpiece. Yeah, and that was so exciting for me because Make I remember, like, like I, when I watched the first few episodes of this, um, I was like, oh, I do hope that Gyro is in this. Um, oh, I was, I was so, so cute. I was so <laughs> close to to texting you and asking you, hey, um, is he in this? And then the very next <laughs> episode, here. <laughs> yeah, the very next episode, he showed up, and oh. I was so happy. And I was like, wait, I do know this voice. That makes me. And it's so amazing that he's voiced by Jim Rash. I, I knew you that. would be happy to discover Jim Rash is also in this, but I didn't realize that this was your favorite character anyway yeah. so this makes me extra happy and I, I, I'm not going to give anything away but you would be very happy with your choice of favorite character which was going okay, to be yeah. a question later anyway but we'll get to that we'll get to that okay so yeah that's that was all I knew going in <laughs> I think wild. just a bunch of names and 
vaguely some faces to it. Smiled. Yeah. I I know I know that there's a like hot goth lady in there who's probably a witch. <laughs> um, like in the original ones, I don't know. If she's I'm I'm not sure one. if you're thinking of the right character, but okay. because there is a witch in Ducktales and there is in yeah. this one too. But I don't know if you might be thinking of a character from a different cartoon. But that's okay. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, yeah, I picked DuckTales because, well, basically, I'm the opposite of you. I am a cartoon person. I've always been. Cartoons have always been sort of the thing that keeps me going, keeps me alive. And I know that's not, like, special. I know a lot of people have grown up with the same cartoons I've grown up and continue to love them. But really, I always turn to cartoons. And DuckTales is absolutely one of my favorite tv shows in general cartoon or not and it is one of my number one comfort shows already i mean it's not one i know from my childhood that's comforting because i know it from my childhood but like from the moment it was announced i was like so on board with this show i was so excited every new announcement just made me more excited and i remember back in 2017 when the first episode came out it was what's now episode one and two released as one big double episode. And back then they put it for free on YouTube. And mm. it was region blocked. So only US uh, could access that. And back then, that was 2017. I didn't have like a VPN program or anything. <laughs> so I used one of those like shady websites that unblock YouTube videos for you. And okay. I basically watched that on a loop. Like I could, I had this entire big pilot release just completely memorized because it was like it went straight into like my bloodstream. It was <laughs> everything I wanted from a cartoon and this cartoon. And nice. from that point on, the next couple of years, like Ducktales was my rock. I would, no matter what happened in my life, and a lot happened in my life during this period, Ducktales was always there for me. Ducktales was always mm. going to be there for me, always comforting me. There were always going to be announcements or rewatches, and I've rewatched it so many times now, and mm. I, I still don't get bored of it. It still just comforts me. It only reminds me of like feeling good and happy and just full of love. Aww. I so, love that. So when you said that you were open to, you know, finally watching a cartoon, I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to show you one of my, in my opinion, the best modern day cartoons out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are many extremely good ones. And I know that, like, objectively, it's very hard to say which is better than the other. But for me personally, this is truly the one that hits me the most. And just, mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. And... I'm I mean, very happy. I watched all of those old cartoons. Like, I was so obsessed with them. And, I, and what I remember is I barely remember, like, any episodes or anything like that. What I always remembered was the theme songs. Mm -hmm. I always had them stuck in, like, even if I hadn't watched them for years, which before Disney Plus which was the case, you didn't really have access to these cartoons since yeah. watching them in the 90s and noughties. And throughout those whole years, like that was 10 years or so, 15 years or something, mm. I still had every line from all of these intros memorized perfectly. Like that was the Damn. biggest impact on me. And then eventually Disney Plus came around and I got a chance to rewatch a lot of the old cartoons. So mm. that was very good. That was great for me. I enjoyed that. 
Yeah. Also, this uh, theme song is so catchy. Like, I've had it stuck in my head this whole time I now. <laughs> I mean, I, admittedly, I love the DuckTales theme song. It's extremely catchy. But I think um, Darkwing Duck was always my favorite. Continues to be. Okay. But we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Darkwing Duck is also uh, a character I'm familiar with. Yeah, but and I, I like, think I you might be sure think that if... like, the goth witch might be from that one that you're thinking of. Yeah. Oh, that could be it, actually. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. I said, it's all like. Because you described her as like a hot goth witch. So there yeah. is a witch in DuckTales, but I don't think that's the one you mean. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's a different one. I also, I think the whole Goofy has a son one. Yeah, I that's think a movie. That was a different show, right? It's <laughs> a movie, and then it was also a show. Yeah. Um, also loved that a lot. Goof Troop. Mm-hmm. Ah, my beloved. Goofy hmm. movie. Greatest movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice, no, nice. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the Goofy movie was a big inspiration for DuckTales. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to throw that out right now because I did some research. Frank Agonis, uh is was and continues to be very active on social media. And um, back then, when the show was coming out, Twitter and Tumblr were sort of his main ways to communicate with the viewers. He's not, I don't think he's active on Twitter anymore. But one thing that I remember that he said about um, the show is that he wanted this to be for Donald what the Goofy movie was was for Goofy, because Mm. it sort of created this father figure character that's very beloved and, you know, like relatable and lovable and -hmm. not just like a silly stupid guy but you know a complex character oh i like that yeah it's it's great because um like it one of my big issues with or not issues like the, the the problem i face when i watch cartoons is every time that i like my brain tries to convince me that it's gonna be harder to empathize with these characters because they're not like actual humans um but immediately when i started watching i was like okay there's this guy with like his three nephews and it's messy and he cares about them mm. I, I i immediately knew i was gonna have feelings about this because oh, you will. <laughs> i don't know this is this is something that gets me every time like father figures and and messy family situations yeah. where they That's are yeah all the doctors is about i mean <laughs> family is one of the like probably the main theme of this show mm. so you'll get a lot so, of that yeah I, I know I am at one point gonna cry about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I oh. cannot wait. <laughs> oh, I cried so much about this show. Mm-hmm. In, in like a good way. Like, very. Yeah, that's the wonderful thing about cartoons. The stakes are so low. That everything is like not tied to our reality. And that makes sort of feeling things feel mm-hmm. so good because it doesn't have any impact on your real life. It's nothing you have to worry about happening mm-hmm. to you. Like, you know, a lot of other media that makes you cry is. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I wouldn't describe it as low stakes because, like, <laughs> so much wild stuff already happened in the I first mean, few I mean, for episodes. our lives, low stakes. Like, yeah, we, we I don't get, have yeah. to look at it and go, oh my god, this has an impact on my real life. It, it won't. That's but fair. That's good. And that's what mm-hmm. cartoons are for. They're for escaping. And I think that's very mm. important in media as well. Often underrated and, you know, treated as just, you know, wasting time. But I think it's very important mm. to have things to turn to that comfort you. 
All right. Shall we go into yeah, episodes was... one to six? <laughs> was um, following the that. Disney Plus order, originally the show aired on TV in a different order, and it wasn't the order that the creators intended, and they fought a lot to get it in the right order, and we got it in the right order now. I think it had only affected mm-hmm. season one, though. Okay. Yeah, there was a little confusion about that. In the there was a little confusion. I think. <laughs> I think even now, if you look up the episode order, you will find different ones everywhere because it. I think it even aired differently in different countries. It was a bit messy. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm glad we. Uh, we. We got the same order now. Yeah. I hope we watched the same episode. No, too. we did. We did because we both watched it on Disney okay. Plus, and they got it. They got yeah. it nailed down. I, I yeah. Think. Um. So yeah, I will try a summary. Should I do a summary for the first two episodes because they're kind of linked? Or yeah, sure, if you want to. So the first two like... episodes were the aptly titled first episode, Woo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and escape to slash from Atlantis. So yeah, it. I think the main plot is Donald has a job interview, and so he has to um, hand his three nephews um, to Scrooge, um, who's their like great uncle or something. <laughs> they call him Uncle Scrooge Grunkle anyway. Scrooge. So yeah, um, and he used to be this big adventurer and um when the kids come in and and tell him well you're old now (laughs) he kind of finds his adventuring spirit again and they go to a on a trip to atlantis which goes sideways because of like some rival um of scrooge um who is the new boss of donald um yeah shenanigans ensue and in the end they they return heroically with a big ass jewel the end <laughs> well, yeah, well that was very concise wow i mean one um, of the first things that i think drew me to the show once stuff came out was the art style the art style mm-hmm. i think is absolutely mind-blowingly beautiful and amazing it's so mm-hmm. nice to look at you have these textures and these like scraggly lines and these shapes yeah. and the colors it's not super yeah. bright most cartoons i know are extremely saturated and bright this one mm-hmm. is significantly more desaturated and so much mm-hmm. nicer to look at yeah what i did notice i i like i said i never watched many cartoons but i know that a lot of the cartoons of the 90s and the 90s had more like scraggly weird lines and like stuff was very shaped yeah and at some point everything got really smoothed out and i have the feeling with ducktales it's kind of the other way around like mm-hmm. the original ducktales it was very smooth and clear lines and stuff like that and these guys are a lot more shaped and like uh, yeah. I don't know, just there's so much um, like character in a few lines. It's very cool. Yeah, they honestly, it's one of the best animated shows I know mm-hmm. from just the style of the Western animated shows. Yeah, and, and then also um, like immediately they sucked me in with a fun little detail of this uh, bird that flies in um, and I was like, Oh, so there's like normal birds in the world. That's amazing. Of, because <laughs> of that was a, birds. that was a big joke back then. I think that was definitely the intention to show you uh-huh. a bird and go, "Whoa, the show about birds has birds in it." <laughs> like, yeah, it was. I I remember vaguely. I I couldn't 
find it for you anymore. But I remember vaguely that it was like such a running gag when only this first episode came out that it starts showing you mm-hmm. a bird like landing on these boats and then mm-hmm. being shooed away by identical yeah. but anthropomorphic birds. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. And I like that immediately told me that this like this sense of humor that they have mm-hmm. they're not taking themselves too seriously they're kind of self-aware um but not in a way that you know is cynical or something yeah. it's just like we know that we're silly and uh, yeah. we're like we're committing to it and i like that yeah that and that a is a great entrance that's exactly i think that's exactly what they wanted with this mm-hmm. shot because it really sets you up exactly for the show you're mm-hmm. about to witness and they did a great job with these this pilot yeah. And then also something that immediately stood out to me was the fact that Donald uses a smartphone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, that somehow feels wrong because these are characters from my childhood. <laughs> they should have like, if if anything, they should have flip phones or more like these brick phones with antennae. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he just has a smartphone now. <laughs> that is another thing that I also even wrote down, that the integration of modern tech in this show is so well done it's mm-hmm. very natural and it continues it it will continue throughout the show and there are a lot of things that are extremely modern that we recognize as like our tech that we know that's new yeah. but i a lot of shows shy away from using modern tech like smartphones and stuff mm-hmm. like that because they're afraid it will age the show too quickly but yeah. if you look at shows from the 90s they used rotary phones and stuff like mm. that they weren't afraid of showing their current technology and yeah. the show also doesn't shy away from it they don't f- try to force like future tech into the show to make it mm-hmm. more relevant for longer or anything there is definitely a lot of sci-fi in the show as mm-hmm. you will see as it goes on but it's not it, it feels very natural and very much like 90 shows would do it and i really mm-hmm. enjoyed that and i do like that they basically go into it immediately because otherwise mm-hmm. i think it would have been weirder if you watch like half an episode and suddenly someone pulls out a smartphone that would have been super yeah. confusing yes. but having like one of the first shots in the show be someone picking up a mm-hmm. smartphone tells you right away okay we're in the now we're not like mm-hmm. in a mystical 90s or timeless zone or whatever we're in the now in our world that's familiar to us Mm -hmm. amazing job there yeah as an adult with some analysis skills watching that really felt like they are telling me right away uh, that this is a new show show for people who watch it now and not just you know a nostalgia project uh, where they try to um, revamp something that you know yeah. should be left in the past. They they really tell us that no, we're we're doing a new thing here, and I like that. And they and have also, a lot of fun yeah. with it in the future. They have so much fun with the tech in the future. <laughs> so don't yeah, worry, it's it's gonna feel very real in parts where you're like, oh god, this is just real life. <laughs> yeah, there were great moments also in the first few episodes already, but I think that's not in the first two, so we'll we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, but like in general, this is a great setup episode or like double episode yeah. because I think it it brings like it introduces to these characters that like most people who grew up with it in the nineties like know and love, but they also keep it open for new people to watch it, like for kids also. 
um, they they do a quick like run through the complicated history of all these characters mm. and like their family, <laughs> and they do it by introducing I think a new character. Right, Webby is a new character. No. I think no, she has Webby been is not before. a new character, but she's okay. a significantly revamped character. Yeah, okay, because like she was someone I didn't recognize from before. Yeah. She was basically um, you know this um not joke but like this sad observation that like all. Uh, TV shows for kids are like a male group with one mm-hmm. um, obligatory girl character and yeah. back then in DuckTales Webby was like the obligatory pink girl character mm, I see and she was changed a lot like back then she was just you know was supposed to be like a, I think an annoying little girl mm-hmm. sort of character and they changed her quite a bit oh yeah I in a, but in a fun way I will get to that in, in yeah. later but she's they did such a great job, and mm-hmm. it's every. I think one of the mo- biggest things about Ducktales is the voice cast is just unbelievably amazing. Yeah. Not just the choices; they're perfect already. Just choosing these people for these roles, but the way they actually perform is just so incredible. And usually, when you have like people who are famous for acting, acting you mm-hmm. run into the problem that they are not voice actors and voice actors are that is a job that people learn to mm-hmm. do and you can use often tell the difference between someone who's not used to acting with just their voice versus someone who does nothing else and mm-hmm. this show managed to find a balance between casting just regular voice actors and actors actors who yeah. are all unbelievably good at this like every single Mm. line delivery from every single person in the show is perfect and funny and poignant and amazing yeah i did notice that also like i knew like i recognized some of the names um like i also knew ben schwartz because i watched um parks and recreation um and like he has such a like a strong yeah. recognizable voice. He's Sonic um, for a reason. <laughs> oh, he is. He I is. did not know that. Yeah, I he's also, all the blue characters. Like... Think of a blue character. It's him. <laughs> okay, okay. I also have not. Uh, I love Ben Schwartz. Uh, he's a very uh, good voice actor and yeah. just general actor. He's very talented. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I it's it's fun to have um, anything animated where you recognize some na- names and you don't recognize yeah. others. And usually, when you don't recognize names, it means that they're like professional voice actors. Yeah. And also, I saw that Sam Regal was involved in this. Um, I forgot what what his job is exactly, but like, I know him from Critical Role, which mm. is you know a D and D project where voice actors are involved so seeing his name involved in this project told me that there are like voice actors in this and that makes me very happy because like i'm also a nerd for Mm. like voice acting as a as a serious profession and not just you know using random actors who then have to voice stuff because that's not always how it works but i'm glad that they find like a great balance they really do But yeah, back to Webby because I absolutely love her. That makes she me very happy. Amazing, she is so like I. Th- so far, I think um, they th- this they they took a character who yeah. Now that you say like she used to be this annoying girly sidekick, um, I absolutely see that. But they took that concept and 
said, well, yeah, she is weird, but she's weird on purpose and she's lovable for it. And I love that so much. Like, they, so far, they haven't said outright that she's autistic, but to me, she's absolutely <laughs> Listen, 100% in this autistic, show, right? In this show, everyone is autistic. I'm just going to say yeah. that right off the bat. I think you will find very few neurotypical characters okay. in this show. And you will see that yeah. as the show goes on. Well, I am going to talk about this as we move on to the next <laughs> couple episodes these characters are not okay. neurotypical. Not See, what I thought was like, Webby is autistic and the nephews are ADHD, so they're, you know, Oh, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get but... to that later. Okay. When the yeah. relevant episodes come, but... <laughs> I interesting. Wait. But yeah, in the beginning, I mean, well, the, the main thing in these first two episodes is just setting up the show, setting up mm. the characters. We can't dive into much yet. We just have to set it up and let people know what they're in for. And that means that you don't get, like, a lot of details for all these characters yet. You just get, like, a basic overview of their character. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Webby is definitely the most intense Uh, sort of that is definitely the intention that she's kind of the loudest and um, Mm -hmm. the most excitable in many ways Um, but they also did a good job at already establishing the triplets as being different because that was something Mm -hmm. that only one show tried before Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise every adaptation of Doctor has just kind of made the triplets one unit of one character and Mm -hmm. they kind of lampshaded it a little bit in the Atlantis episode where uh, Dewey is upset that Scrooge sort of treats them as just a blob of kids he can just you know put in the back seat and Scrooge can't even tell them apart Mm -hmm. Um, which is sort of I think was one of the biggest goals in the show to separate these triplets from each other and give them all unique characteristics Um, and they did so well they did so well yeah I like this is something that I'm a little scared of because I still have a little trouble like not keeping them apart by character, just putting the right name to them. Yeah, character. don't worry, that is normal. And I remember that in the beginning, the first couple of episodes when they came out, I also had a little trouble like mm-hmm. keeping them apart um, simply because they do have very similar names. Yeah. And um, they, especially in the beginning, they feature very closely together all the time. But mm-hmm. in a couple of episodes, you will just, you will have a favorite triplet and all of these things. Like, you will okay. figure it out. It just <laughs> takes, uh, that is something that I really like about these first six episodes in general. Um, Frank Angonas also said that um, they dedicated after this pilot episode they dedicated like one episode to each child so you get mm-hmm. sort of a glimpse into how they're different from the other kids yeah. and they it was a good way to set it up but it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that everyone is going to be like fully memorized everything it's gonna take a bit mm-hmm. to like get used to their personalities and you know yeah. get it all toge- together or not together <laughs> yeah so yeah, but especially in that sep- second episode, I f- for a short moment I was like, oh, are they like trying to tease me for not knowing, like for not being able to keep them apart? Maybe a little, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little, but also at that point they hadn't done much to like 
give us an opportunity to keep them apart. That comes later. So I, I quickly realized, oh, no, they're not making fun of me. They're a little bit making fun of themselves, maybe. I mean, it is something where when you watch the whole show or at least like a season or two and then go back to the beginning, you see that they really already had clear images for these characters in mind mm -hmm. that translated exactly into these first two episodes but if you don't know this yet you have no way of like distilling all of this character just from these few lines and scenes that makes a lot of sense and I remember I also didn't have that down back then completely yet it takes a while yeah. until the characters are fully established that you see oh so that line was like because this guy is like this as opposed to this other guy who's like this you know you have to mm -hmm. get the characters down before you can like recognize what a yeah. good job they actually did it's just very difficult as a viewer to follow that with so many characters yeah and like dewey is the, the blue one right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah please help me i am lost no but that's no. yeah that makes sense i mean they they lampshade this a bunch of times in the show i mean there's very funny joke much later on that <laughs> I'm very ha excited for you to see because it's in the context okay. extremely funny, but it's definitely normal to not be fully down with their names and their characters yet. Mm -hmm. I think uh, most people experience that. Mm -hmm. You can a little bit go by voice actors because they were kind of typecast to the characters. So yeah. if you have a feeling, you get a vibe from a voice actor mm -hmm. based on you know other characters they did or something, then chances are that it's going to be roughly the character you're going to get in DuckTales as well. Yeah, but no, once again, I think... Please, <laughs> uh, yeah... Dewey is the blue one. Dewey right? is the blue I one, yes. Right. The okay. Ben Schwartz is because... the blue one, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, just make trying to connect the name to the character, because like I said, I can keep the characters apart now, but not put the right names to it, yeah. like all, always. But yeah, I do like that you even see in these first two episodes already what like what separates them because he's the one who takes it the hardest that um that scrooge is not really like seeing them as family and that's all like the family is uh, as a theme is something that like comes back for him especially later like in in even in the first few episodes mm -hmm. so i like that that um, this is something that gets introduced so early on. Yeah, cool. it's especially like this is where the show is so rewatchable. You go back and you're like, oh, they established all of that immediately. Like there are things that, like having seen all three seasons multiple times, I'm like, Jesus, they really knew right from the start what they were going for. Like it, there are so many hints and uh, mm. begin like uh, whole arcs were started this early already that you wouldn't guess were going to be an arc later on it's incredible mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's all i have for notes for the first yeah. two episodes i mean yeah i just want to throw in some few other things uh like franka gonis in his you know he had um a twitter thread where he would have like a couple of tweets with just some fun facts and behind the scenes of each episode i don't think he ever fully finished it but at least for now we have that as sort of a source of some information and one thing that he said like in the earlier tweets for the first couple of episodes was that sort of one of the first things they wrote down was like ducktales must be great 
So that mm-hmm. everything they did was the best that they could come up with. That nothing was half-assed. That everything was like, mm-hmm. how can we make the best show with you know the constraints of a cartoon? And they really did. They really did. You can tell right from the start. They gave it their all, and everyone did. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so good. Yeah, yeah. It it really feels like something um, where a lot of people put a lot of effort in, and also um, a lot of heart. And yeah. I like that, and like it shows. I also sort of inadvertently started writing down the lines that still make me laugh the most, or I remember make me laugh the most when I first watched it. And mm-hmm. for the ones where I did write it down, I'm just gonna go over them. For episode yeah. one point one, it was. Huey's delivery of Photoshop <laughs> because oh, <yeah. laughs> I didn't it's not something you expect in a Disney cartoon a brand yeah. name drop I don't know how mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm assuming Disney uses Adobe products so they can do that but yeah. it was very funny the like when Webby very excitedly goes well what is what all of this evidence clearly shows mm-hmm. that he was a great adventurer what about this picture of him with the mm-hmm. chupacabra and Huey just in the most deadpan voice goes Photoshop like yeah, it is such a weird great. like it is exactly the kind of joke that tells you what show you're in for very modern humor mm-hmm. very you know referential and yeah it just took me out again yeah. this time around it's so funny photoshop i also i also have one for the first episode yeah. uh, that i wrote down is when um one of them says oh you're finally gonna sell us yeah that is louis <laughs> yeah amazing. that is yeah, honestly that. so i have sort of i mean I have my favorite characters, but I also have the like the voice actors that bring me the most joy in the show because they mm-hmm. deliver the lines the best. Obviously, David Tennant is on top of the list. Every single line he says is funny oh, yeah. because he yes. really cranks up his, the Scottish accent. And not just mm-hmm. that, but he plays with it so cleverly that mm-hmm. every line is just funny like the the way he says like used to be a big deal or like <laughs> yeah. i'm not a husband they're the husbands i'm an i'm now like it's so <laughs> yeah. funny everything he says is with so much passion and mm-hmm. just it's every time he cracks me up but um louis who's uh, voiced by bobby Bonnie, Bo- bobby moynihan is mm-hmm. so unexpectedly not unexpectedly good but i knew him the least out of sort of the mm-hmm. yeah, well-known same. actors so i had like i was i knew what his voice sounded like but i had no idea what he would perform like for the other mm-hmm. ones i knew exactly because i already loved ben schwartz so i knew i was gonna love mm-hmm. his performance and danny beauty but he absolutely kills me he is one of the best out of this entire cast at delivering Mm -hmm. his lines usually if i have a favorite line it's very often performed by him because he's just Mm -hmm. so good like he has the sarcastic Mm -hmm. ironic tone to it but not in a way Mm -hmm. that's annoying but that's genuinely funny like there is an Mm -hmm. episode later on that is that made me laugh the hardest because it focuses on his character uh, and he gets the most lines and he it's an absolute master and i think he's the most mm-hmm. underrated even now under like among fans of the voice actors mm-hmm. just simply for what an excellent performance he gives mm-hmm. yeah i like i often have an issue with like these sarcastic deadpan uh, yeah. characters uh, because like i i don't like cynicism exactly. i don't like that as like a form of humor 
um, I only like it when there's something behind it, and this, like in this case, there very much is. Mm-hmm. Like you, you see glimpses of yeah. it already, and I, I, I have high hopes for yeah. Louis. <laughs> it's cannot wait to get to know him. It really is. It's just every time I'm like, gee, that that guy really gave it the best performance, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's truly incredible, and. Um, for episode two, I wrote down one line that also that I remember made me crack up the most back then, and now still makes me chuckle, is when Dewey confronts Glomgold and says, "Let go of my uncle." Glomgold goes, "No," and Dewey just responds, "I wasn't prepared for that." It's just this sort of, <laughs> well, this yeah. isn't how it usually goes. That I love that. Yeah. It's just, yes. <laughs> this is like, exactly the like? the kind of humor I love. It's so silly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I have one last note for uh, the end of episode two. Yeah. It's like th- them setting up that mystery of like who their mom is. Yeah. So great. Incredible. I don't know what like what part um, their mom plays in any of the previous, you know. None. Uh, that is the remarkable yeah. thing. The mom uh-huh. never appears. She. Okay. I, I don't even know when her name was established mm-hmm. um, in the general DuckTales canon, but mm-hmm. I don't think she's ever been in any DuckTales media, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, and they're the first ones to go there. And nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for you to That's see all that. Cool. Like they it it drops like in such a significant way yeah. on such a significant moment of like this double pilot yeah. where you feel like oh yeah they're setting up something here and that's very exciting yeah and they do it really well and they yeah. continue to it's such an emotional storyline and i'm very excited for you to mm, see it it nice. really it's really amazing you'll love it mm-hmm. oh yeah. also one joke one pun that i really loved mm-hmm. was where the reporter uh at the end like it's like oh yeah you know scrooge mcduck is back and he and she calls him an adventure capitalist <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I, I didn't notice that. Oh, such That's a good. Fun. I don't think I noticed it before either because sort of mm-hmm. I just always l- listen to it as sort of you know reporter stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I never really paid that much attention, but this time I really heard the adventure capitalist is such a good That's pun. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah, I think we can move on to the next. Yeah, two. Do you want to do two again, or what? How do you want to do do this? I yeah I don't Single? have much to say about the about the third episode. Really? I don't like I don't have many notes. Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly so. It like, surprises only... me because it is the of the like every episode focuses on a kid. Um, first couple of episodes, it is the one that focuses on Webby. <laughs> yeah, the, and the one note that I took for that one is I have known Webby for one hour, but <laughs> I would already kill and die for her. <laughs> that's that's the note I took for that one. Like um. Yeah, I guess um, that episode is there to. Um, I'm I'm trying not to overanalyze it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, I mean of... do because they put so much effort into making them. I I think they would hope that somebody analyzes it all. Of course, yeah. No, I, what I meant is like uh, I have this I don't know disease when I go to watch a play at the theater that I cannot shut my brain off because I have like. I'm a trained, I guess, theater uh, analyst. Is that mm-hmm. the, yeah, the sure. Word, you know, I have studied theater, so when I watch a play, um, I constantly watch it with the lens of uh, what's going on here instead of just enjoying it. And I'm really trying to, you know, 
don't lose sight of the enjoyment part. Mm. And I, like, it's not hard. It sucks you in immediately, like this this show does. Um, but uh, yeah, also I'm trying not to just like constantly think about, oh yeah, they're doing this here, and this is why they did this. And mm. like, f- at, at least for the first time, also just just enjoy it. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, what what I thought in this episode is they're um, they're introducing some villains here, and yep. they're like introducing the more cartoony kind of villains. Like, I didn't know they were called the Beagle Boys. No, me <laughs> I have, neither. I had never heard that before. Like yeah. in German, they're the Panzerknacker, yeah. and that's something that. Um, um, yeah, the Beagle yeah. Boys. Yeah, they're definitely the. I mean, probably some of the most iconic original DuckTales mm-hmm. villains and very like much also, recurring. Yeah, they're, they're also villains from, like, uh, the olden times, right? I, I, I think I remember them from Mickey Mouse or... Um, oh, I don't know like, that, actually. From, from comics and stuff, because I sometimes read those. They're like, definitely got, in the comics, yeah. Yeah, I got comics from the library, a bunch, um, but, like, not many, but I think they were in there, too, so... Uh, they are pretty like classic Disney, car- yeah. like cartoon villains, and um, it's fun to see them here, you know, introduced, and also to see how these um, kids interact with them and outsmart them. I also like this is a kind of comedy that will always like get me, kids that outsmart uh, villains. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. What they also introduced here is the setting of Hanzo's. It is a reoccurring oh, yeah. setting. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Because Afonso's is a very, like, it's, it's a fun. good set for yeah. shenanigans, yeah. you know, with the ball pit and yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. that. I really like that in the show because they have a lot of, like, places that they keep coming back to. And mm-hmm. especially for a show where that's, like, about traveling and adventure, it's nice mm-hmm. that they also recognize that home is nice. You know, it's fun. You have fun yeah. in and adventures, even just where you live. Mm. And I like that they just take the bus there and Webby gets so excited about the bus. She is so, so cute. And that is also a moment where... Um, so Huey, I think, out of the triplets is definitely the most autistic coded. Yeah. And that is, I think, also very much intentional. And also something that Danny Beauty just sort of does mm-hmm. with everything yeah. he does. Um, yeah. yes. And I really like this moment when they get on the bus that Huey takes Webby and gives her a list of rules for bus traveling because that very much feels like someone who, you know, who's autistic and like needs these rules and Mm -hmm. recognizing that someone else could benefit from having a list Mm -hmm. as well. And you'll see that as the show goes on, Huey is very much, um, you know, attached to his rules and everything. Mm -hmm. And that is such he really gets such an incredible storyline as well and oh, it just makes me happy to wait. see all of these seeds planted so early mm-hmm. yeah that that's cool i also like that you know he gives her that list and she immediately yeah. <laughs> ignores all of these points and like the little notes of humor that they brought in there like this woman reading on the bus that she reads this book um on like the joys of personal space or something <laughs> and yeah. webby is so up in her space i yeah. love that that is exactly <laughs> I mean, this is the sense of humor of this show. And 
It's always mm-hmm. like every time you see something written, it's usually worth reading because yeah. they always hide a joke in there. They do it like yeah. in an in an epi- like the next or one of the next episodes as well. Yeah. With mm-hmm. and also with like when you have lists, pause mm-hmm. and read them because yeah. I think Frank Agonis called that like the classic Ducktales list joke or something. Mm-hmm. Because every time you had something written on paper, there had to be a joke somewhere, and there definitely mm-hmm. is. And, uh, yeah. We'll get to them in a bit, but nice. Um, yeah. yeah, for this episode, um, something else Frank Agona said was that this is the Webby episode, and uh, this was sort of they wanted to make sure that they separated Webby from other similar characters that you mm-hmm. know from cartoons, and like communicate that what makes Webby Webby, and not just what makes Webby the girl character, you know. Yeah. And um, apparently, a big inspiration was uh, Rachel Weisz in Brothers Bloom who is mm-hmm. also a character who's uh, who's always lived locked in and has acquired this specific set of skills, mm-hmm. but has very few social skills. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that. I, I, she really sort of, I think of the first couple of episodes, she is established uh, the best out of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, the, like you recognize everything they're trying to do and understand what that means for the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do a great job with like showing the the way she grew up and how that has impacted her. Like, um, she doesn't talk much about it at like um to up to this point, uh, but you immediately see the effects of it and like the positive as well as the negative ones. Like, she doesn't know how to interact with the outside world, but she's also a complete badass. But that yeah. that is also something that makes her weird. Like, the weirdness and the coolness is something like that so linked. Yeah. You cannot separate the two, and I love that. And what I really liked about this episode is that it did a great job of doing something the show continues to do, which is to say it's okay to be weird and you are loved for who you are. Mm -hmm. Because even though Webby is intense and they talk about how she's very hard to, you know, deal with and understand why she does Mm -hmm. the things she does, they're still her friends and they still love her Mm -hmm. and they still want to do things with her. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very wonderful the way the show sets this up immediately yeah uh, and a wonderful especially considering that this is a show aimed at kids a wonderful way to communicate that because often you have like shows that try to say hey it's okay to be who you are but that the mm-hmm. characters are all very normal people like the most neurotypical and most mm-hmm. conventionally attractive people you've ever seen and yeah. it's very hard to communicate a message about it's okay to be weird if no one's mm-hmm. actually weird and in this yeah. show they allow these characters to be very much weird weird mm-hmm. like they are if you're not neurotypical if you're autistic or you have adhd you will see yourself in these characters sooner mm-hmm. or later like you will see your you will see symptoms in these characters mm-hmm. um even down to ocd and everything is not mentioned by name because i yeah. i think it's just not something kids shows i mean adult shows barely do it so mm-hmm. but you will notice it mm-hmm. as the show goes on and I think that is really good that they do it, that they have these messages actually tied to people who would be affected by this, who who mm. would need people to mm-hmm. love them for who they are and for yeah. being weird. So that I think that is also a reason I love the show so much because mm. it's not superficial in its messaging. It actually shows yeah. people who I see myself in mm-hmm. and says, hey, it's okay that you're weird like that. You're, mm-hmm. you're still amazing and lovable. Yeah, and what I like most is that really they show that 
yes, um, she is, like, quote-unquote, difficult to love. Like, the, the nephews, they struggle with um, the, the, like, the way, like, she's so intense. Yeah. And they try um, to find a way for them to integrate that and in how they play and how they interact yeah. with each other. Like, it's not that they see, oh, she's, she's kind of weird and difficult and then give up. They go, oh, no, well, th this is usually not how we play, like, with the dart guns. And they think about a way to be friends with her that's, like, also, like, that also works for them. So they take her to this place that is sacred to them and that that's their most favorite place. And they, I love that. Yeah. I, they That is, I think, really wonderful about this episode, mm -hmm. that they set this theme up. Because that is also among family just a core theme in the show that you're that everyone is weird and everyone is worth being mm -hmm. loved anyway yeah and like worth putting in the time and effort to exactly like, to get to know to them, them to learn them yeah. and everything it's what they do a good job and you can tell that the people mm -hmm. who made the show put themselves into the show to like their yeah. own sort of their own feelings and their own worlds mm -hmm. and their own issues yeah that was pretty good. And my favorite sentence uh, in this one that made me laugh the most is a Louis one. Uh, it's when they're when when the Beagle Boys put them in the in the um, freezer and have them locked up. And you know, one of the Beagle Boys just got uh, stern talking to from his mom, and he goes off on a rant. And Louis says, "That's not something you want to hear when you're tied up in a meat locker." Incredible <laughs> delivery again. It made yeah. me laugh so much. This man knows how to deliver lines, and this one is one yeah. of them. Just, yeah. just this pure. Oh no. <laughs> also, mm -hmm. one detail I really loved is Dewey. I mean, is my is like on top, like in the top of my favorite characters, uh, for many reasons that will also become more obvious as the show goes mm -hmm. on. But in this episode, I really loved that he's very passionate about this Japanese ukulele. Uh, arcade game because if that was yeah. real I would also be all over that oh I would love that <laughs> I thought about that like when they played it I was like oh I want to play this yeah. so bad it looks cool and the like, music yeah. was good too that is something about the show the soundtrack is fucking incredible mm -hmm. uh, they did really uh, bang a job on every level but it, this mm -hmm. for some reason this music from this arcade game always gets me I don't know why mm -hmm. and like I say that even as someone who really like I I usually need a trigger warning for something that involves puking this one for like it's done in such a such a good way that it really didn't trigger me at all no, and i was no, surprised by that silly. and yeah yeah that's because yeah it's because they make it silly and not like viscerally upsetting yeah so yeah um next one next or, one next one yeah. is the I forgot the actual name of the episode, the Mount Neverest episode. I'm so yeah. sorry. I wanted to write them down and I forgot it now. I I think it's the summit of Mount Neverest, I think. Could be, yeah. But yeah, so this is one of those episodes that were in a completely different place originally. Mm -hmm. And Frank Agona said that um, that was because Disney wanted sort of a winter theme for the Christmas mm -hmm. season. So they had this in the place where it fit. And mm -hmm. um, the reason it's actually supposed to be episode four is because it's one of those single character focused ones. Because this mm -hmm. one has a Huey focus. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is where, like, if you know to look out for it, which you didn't before, um, where Huey sort of 
autism codedness comes through mm -hmm. really well already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, what what they also wanted to do with this was establish this globetrotter theme that mm -hmm. they're not going to spend all this time in Duckburg. They are going mm -hmm. to explore the world and they yeah. wanted to introduce that. Like they have, they always wanted to have a good balance between home in Duckburg mm -hmm. and globetrotting. And that is sort of why this episode is supposed to be in the spot. All mm -hmm. of these things. Yeah. What really surprised me there, and that was um, where I really began to notice that the triplets are not a unit, was mm. like, they they go to this place, <laughs> and it's kind of tough, and Louis is just, oh yeah, I don't I don't want to do that, actually, and he just checks out. I was that like is... so surprised by that, because I didn't <laughs> expect that, like, in my brain, these, tr like, these three yeah. are like a package yeah. deal, and he's yeah. just like, nope. I don't want to do this actually, yeah. and I love that. Like, I for a moment I was completely like taken out of it. It was like, wait, yeah, actually, of course, mm. if he doesn't want to do it, why yeah. should he? <laughs> it is also one of my favorite visual gags in the show that he steps out of the frame, and you get the swipe transition to him already sitting like super far away, having yeah. Coco. It's one of the best visual jokes. Mm. And again, Bobby Moynihan is so good at these lines. The way he says everything, like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, have so. fun <laughs> like he did such a great job again and yeah that's exactly the kind of stuff they wanted to set up as early as possible to you know what makes these siblings different mm -hmm. you know louis is sort of more reluctant to go on adventures he's motivated seemingly only mm -hmm. by money and treasure and mm -hmm. all that stuff and he doesn't like danger as much as the others mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, that this is more Huey focused, so you get mm -hmm. um, sort of Huey's um, the way that he is. Yeah, and and is that in the like in the lore um, of the triplets? They are kind of like Boy Scouts, right? This is I am they're not, not called Boy Scouts. I, think, but... I, I don't think that is actually. I genuinely don't know, so I'm sorry for not researching that more. Mm -hmm. But um, in this show, it's just Huey, who's a, a junior woodchuck. Woodchuck, mm -hmm. it's called. So it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's a Boy Scout basically, mm -hmm. and um, sort of the reason they do that, and I don't think it comes through yet completely, is because Boy Scouts have this rule book, this guidebook, mm -hmm. that is very important to Huey because it's a set mm -hmm. of rules that he can follow. Yeah. And nice. he does mention in this episode. He already mentions the the rules, like he says, mm -hmm. "Junior Woodchuck guidebook rule number whatever." He has them memorized and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Like you can already like you get a really good glimpse into sort of his psyche in this episode. Mm -hmm. That's also like that that fourth episode seems like one where they really begin to like tell the audience that these three are like very different from each other and they have different things that drive them mm. and uh, different personalities and I like that. Yeah. That was very good. Like, it really did catch me by surprise and then I realized, yeah, actually, this is the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 the only other show that tried to separate the siblings from each other was um, The Quack Pack, where they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. Also a oh, show fun. I liked a lot um, as a kid. Um, I don't think I remember, like, seeing that. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, it I don't think it was super successful, but mm -hmm. it the the intro was very catchy and the character design was very um timely at the like very mm -hmm. much we're cool. <laughs> so they mm -hmm. had skateboards and they were teenagers. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And they were different it. in that show. Um mm -hmm. like sort of had different characters. But this one 
this show definitely um, sort of leans into it the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, something that I liked here is the, you know, the magical sci-fi yeah. kind of vibes that they, like, have here with the portals mm. um, that are supposed to keep, like, travelers away from the top of uh, the mountain. And that's something that I really connect with this kind of media, that they have this sort of, like, mixture of sci-fi and magic. Yeah. Like, a, a kind of science fiction that feels magical, or a kind of magic that feels sci-fi. And I think that's very cool. Yeah, that's true. And um, that is part of what Frank Agona said. And is he said it about this episode uh, in his um, thread, uh, that they had a no minecart chase rule, which means that if you have if if you've seen something in an adventure story before, you have to find ways to make it new or weird. Mm-hmm. So you've seen people trying to climb a mountain before, mm-hmm. so they made it weird by adding portals that keep you from reaching the top. Yeah. So uh, that is something that you'll notice throughout the show. Mm-hmm. You'll have settings that are super familiar, like Atlantis, mm-hmm. but it's upside down. You know, yeah. it's um, yes. that that is something they will always do. They they don't give you a trope and commit fully to the trope they will always find a way to make it new or weird and that Mm -hmm. is also why the show is so appealing and funny in ways because the subversion of something you're familiar with without being cynical about it just being silly with it is so good and always very entertaining Mm -hmm. yeah yes also this is another um one I mean, we've talked about Larry Hammond DuckTales before that sort of put the show very much on the map. But another thing that went a little viral was in this episode, the clip where uh, Scrooge, uh, where, where they like start feeling like they are reaching the top and he like exclaims, ha ha, and everything comes crashing down. And he goes, ha ha, like really quiet. And that sound that David Tennant made there went a little bit viral because people find yeah, it so great. incredibly funny. It um, was. It absolutely was. That was, like, in general, it was, like, probably the fun, like the episode that made me laugh the most. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, yeah, like, from the six one, like, the, the first six ones. Um, also, because of the whole uh, B-plot uh, <laughs> with Louis and Launchpad. That's oh, yeah, that is also something. Like, this show... Yeah. Um, I mean, Launchpad appears before, but this show, uh, this episode really sets him up more. Like, you really mm-hmm. get to understand what kind of character Launchpad is, and that is basically yeah. just a himbo, like a textbook Absolutely. himbo. And that is 100% intentional. That is, the, like, the creators yeah. l- literally call him a himbo. Like, that was exactly mm-hmm. how they wrote him. And in Amazing. this episode, you actually see it. Like, they really did a good mm-hmm. job at showing you that, and yeah. Also, Beck Bennett is... Oh. I know him a little bit from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so good at this himbo voice. It cracks yeah. me up every time. Yes. like One of my favorite jokes from that episode, but just <laughs> in general so far, was like this whole um, opening where they sit and talk yeah. about this, like how... They want to go up on the mountain and then you realize they had this whole conversation in a crashed plane and they had to wait for launchpad to like to get them out of the i like to open the door to get them out of the eyes that was so yeah. funny so that is an old joke from like the original ducktales that launchpad mm-hmm. crashes 
every time mm-hmm. and they do an incredible job in the show to um you know use that joke from the old show like they the the ways they make him crash are just increasingly funnier like you will just every time you're like how why and mm-hmm. the fact that launchpad is like cool with it like he doesn't mind this is just part of him and his job and what he does like he crashes that's it launchpad crashes mm-hmm. and that will come up later and launchpad actually yeah. also gets an interesting arc so mm-hmm. again incredible show like you have the himbo but he's not like there was still more to him like it's not just mm-hmm. oh he's the comic relief or whatever when everyone else gets sad storylines he also gets storylines like it's, mm-hmm. it's such a good show but yeah this nice. one sets him up as you know the dumb yeah. the dumb one just the, okay. the biggest idiot <laughs> yeah um and incredibly yeah. lovable Ab- absolutely and it's 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 also like he's one of these characters that i did recognize like visually yeah. i know that i've seen him before i couldn't like connect any stories or anything like even characteristics to him but i it, it is fun to have this kind of character um that is visually already like like the way they draw him tell the story like with his huge chin they did everything. make him hot though that they, he wasn't that hot in the old cartoon <laughs> they made him like classic himbo shaped and like okay. supposed to be the big hot guy who's okay. brain empty interesting i didn't think of him as hot I, you will learn the, just, the, the, uh... the 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 you will learn what how they draw characters to to communicate okay. certain things don't worry about it. but fun. i think maybe because you didn't watch so many cartoons you weren't like mm-hmm. forced by disney to find cartoon characters hot like, that is something <laughs> that most people experience growing up with disney cartoons that you realize, oh no, this fox is hot. Why is this fox hot or this lion? You well, know, I have watched enough, like <laughs> like enough Disney movies to to have experienced that effect. Yeah. Because like Robin Hood, the oh, Disney Robin yeah, Hood, very is big one. Something that I also grew up with, and you know, I I have experienced the, the, the one that <laughs> more or less accidentally made furries a thing that exists. Yeah, I guess so, so mad respect for that. But yeah, this show also does that but mm-hmm. i think it takes getting used to the style to recognize it yeah um but yeah he's supposed to be mm-hmm. the hot one um i think more or less um okay. depending on if you find that attractive or not i guess <laughs> but yeah because yeah. he's the himbo so hot stupid respect women juice yeah nice. Nice. <laughs> and um there's also one visual joke again with the writing um, always pay attention to what they write because Huey writes on his map a lot um, uh-huh. like when he, yeah. they, he starts not understanding where they are and at mm-hmm. one point he shows the map to Uncle Scrooge mm-hmm. and it says WTD on it with a question mm-hmm. mark I think or no question mark I don't know meaning what that, the duck <laughs> yeah of course of course it does mean that that's amazing I did <laughs> this is one of my I, I favorite tiny little jokes it's so easily uh-huh. to, I don't think I don't know what we watch I noticed it on but yeah one that you miss mm-hmm. easily but yeah always read the read the fonts it's always nice. good the one line I wrote down for this episode that made me laugh the most is Dewey's cool dark and foreboding cave uncle scrooge (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Mm -hmm. i I love that Uh, that is something that ben schwartz especially does very well sort of these uh, Mm -hmm. silly goofy guys who 
sort of fail sometimes to see the severity of a situation. So he's just mm-hmm. like, hey, cool, Dark and Forbody, cave uncle screw. It's like, this is fine. Mm-hmm. This is totally normal. And I, I like that especially because also in episode one, the um, headless man horse, and in this episode, oh, yeah. of all of these people who got stuck in the uh, portals, there's mm-hmm. a very, like, grim humor that mm-hmm. goes throughout the show that previously only Gravity Falls has really committed to on the Disney Channel and this was sort of the first show to like dip their toe into this area of humor that is very dangerous mm-hmm. to do on Disney Channel because it is part of the reason the Owl House got cancelled because it went mm-hmm. too dark a lot of parts. I mean there are multiple things that contributed to that but a lot of it was the target group is too young for seeing mm-hmm. these things. And this show, but some, sometimes this DuckTales also throws stuff at you where you're like, oh, Jesus, I go and Scrooge steps mm-hmm. over this dead man's bones. And it's like, well, no, I'm yeah. the fourth. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I like because it wasn't one of my hyperfixations, but it was like Mount Everest was one of my brother's huge hyperfixations growing up, so I kind of, you know, have learned some stuff about that. It's and grim. It, you know, it is, it is very, like, fucked up thing um, to, to look at the tourism and look at the, you know, yeah. bodies aspect of the whole thing. And I admire them for being able to integrate that um, in this episode without making it absolutely, like, scary and grimdark. So they they found a great balance there. Yeah, and yeah, I always appreciate it when they commit to jokes like that, and they mm-hmm. they commit it in that cave. <laughs> yeah, and I, yes. I think I forgot to mention that earlier, but I think episode the the fun Funzo's episode was, as far as I remember, directed by Dana Terrace, who mm-hmm. did the Owl House. Then, oh, okay, that's fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Went on to do that. So I think I ha- that's all I had for episode four. Yeah, same. And also, just just a tiny thing that I think this episode shows you the best out of the first couple of episodes for introduction-wise is Scrooge's alliterations. Uh, that mm-hmm. David Tennant is incredibly good at delivering. Like where Every oh, time yeah. he cursed out the mountain, he had these incredibly creative <laughs> combinations of words, usually alliterations, yeah. that are very funny. And that is something yes. he keeps doing throughout the show. It's very good. Yeah, like I said, this was the episode I think that made me laugh the most. Yeah, so because yeah, reasons. it's it's those things like uh, you will mm-hmm. see so much of that. Yeah, that that was great. So yeah, we we come to the episode that made me so excited Yee-hee. because I saw the thumbnail. I was like, oh, I know this guy. Florbo. That's, that's my Florbo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so this one, the Great Dine Chase, is the Louis mm-hmm. focus one of those first mm-hmm. focus episodes, and. Wow, what what a way to do it! <laughs> and and like that, what I think that was interesting, and in also the previous episode, but also this one, that they find great ways to balance between the A and B plot. Yes. Um, because the B plot is by no means just a silly little side quest. That's where they get deeper into this family lore of who is Della Duck, um, and they they pair up. Um, Dewey and Webby to yes. like look into that and at the same time they have this great um, A plot about the value of money and where we really get to like see um, how hard Louis can actually work 
Um, if only because he's afraid he, he'll get in trouble <laughs> if he doesn't. But um, yeah, I, th I thought that, that yeah. was such a great balance between these two storylines. Um, and that was really cool. And then, like like I said, um, I got so excited when I saw that Gyro was going to be in this. Uh, because I watched that episode this morning like um i tried to watch all of them as closely to our recording as possible because i wanted to keep it fresh in my mind and i watched it this morning and i was so excited <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure i yelled out loud and i was then oh like oh no people in this plan are trying to sleep <laughs> that makes um, me very happy yeah and um I also think it's very funny that today you're wearing a Back to the Future shirt uh, because what I thought of um, when I watched this episode uh, was like, oh shit, I loved uh, Gyro as a kid. I I probably would have loved Back to the Future um, as a kid, but I watched oh. it as an adult only. Like this is also something that I only experienced as an adult, and um, yeah, like I'm, there's a little bit of sadness uh, that I never watched more cartoons as a kid um but i'm glad that i get to experience this joy now so yeah, yeah. it's not lost <laughs> it's no just, definitely know, a little not. bit later <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh what you said that dewey and webby they're um sort of uh, all characters obviously eventually end up sort of with ways they're teamed up more like best friendships develop and Dewey and Webby are definitely one of those um, characters that worked super well together and they stuck to that like they have a lot of sort of um, chemistry they're very good friends throughout the show like more than maybe Huey and Webby would be or something I think that's very they did a good job at sort mm. of establishing that and showing sort of how they work together and why they work together yeah and I think um, like this episode also cemented for me that of the triplets, at least for now, uh, Dewey is my favorite. Same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have asked you that sooner or later anyway, mm -hmm. which your favorite character so far mm -hmm. is. Uh, mine, of the characters we've seen so far, is Dewey. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. From from the beginning, Dewey was my favorite. From the moment in episode one, where Dewey is the one who climbs out the window, rolls over the car and jumps back into the car uh, <laughs> when they're celebrating being related to mm -hmm. Scrooge McDuck. Like, I think mm -hmm. even without... Back then, I couldn't tell the triplets apart. And mm -hmm. subconsciously, I've decided in that moment when I first saw that, yeah. that Dewey mm -hmm. would be my favorite character. And yeah, mm -hmm. he, he continues to be... He is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was um, when, um, you know, he got so upset about Scrooge not, mm. like, like seeing them as family. Where That was a moment where I kind of latched onto him and was like, oh, yeah, I, I, th yeah. I think I'm going to vibe with this one. <laughs> I think a big reason for that is also, I'm not sure how intentional that was. I would have to, you know, dig deep into the stuff Frank Agonis has said, but I think the seasons themselves sort of focus on a different triplet each, and I think season one what I would say focuses more on Dewey, season two more on Louis, and season three more on Huey, and that is also kind of reflected as sort of the f first episode who gets the first episode, so to speak. Like, um, in this one you have the, leaving the pilot out of it, the Atlantis episode is the Dewey-focused one, 
Um, and the next season, the first episode is Louis focused. It's uh, the one that made me laugh the hardest of all the episodes. Mm. And in the third season, it's Huey. And maybe that is why Dewey is my favorite because he sort of got the biggest arc this season. And that mm-hmm. starts here already, you can tell. With you know him getting sort of this emotional edge to him. Mm-hmm. But just in general, as the show goes on, there are all these little parts about Dewey that I really see myself in. So that was sort of why mm-hmm. he's my favorite. And I also just really love Ben Schwartz. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, I just love listening yeah. to him. It, even though he's not like, he he doesn't give the performance that makes me laugh the hardest or anything. Mm-hmm. It's probably David Tennant, but I just love listening to him. It's so comforting for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Yes. I say drinking out of my Sonic bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't notice that before. That's amazing. Yeah, but um, I th- that made me happy that um, this episode really proved me right in thinking that the whole Della Duck um, like story was mm-hmm. gonna be a big thing um, throughout oh, yeah. either the show or the season. Um, and it's so fascinating how they build it up because, like, this is all I know for now that you know she's sort of mysterious. She vanished. Apparently, she was also part of the whole adventuring shenanigans that happened in Scrooge's past. And maybe she, she, you know, wronged Scrooge or something like that. We only know that, like, we see this letter that she left, um, that she apparently took something. Um, and we also know that people who look into her apparently um, get silenced and vanish mysteriously like the mailman. <laughs> mm. So uh, that's that's all like, um, like, that's everything you need for a great mystery. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And also the fact that this is now a secret between um, Dewey and Webby, that's very cool. Yeah, it is really incredibly set up. They mm-hmm. got... And without giving too much away, but this storyline will make you cry. Mm-hmm. I I am fully expecting that. <laughs> it will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Jaro's introduction is absolutely incredible. They were going to introduce mm-hmm. him earlier, already during the Atlantis episode, along with a different mm-hmm. character that uh, hasn't come up yet. But they decided against it because they wanted to give him space, like... They didn't want it to be sort of an, oh, also they're here <laughs> somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to yeah. sort of give you the chance to really meet the character. And mm-hmm. I think they did that. That was good because Jairo is also a character who gets a huge arc and especially mm-hmm. one episode. It is. This is for people who've seen the whole show and who like the show. But in season three, there is one episode that might be my favorite episode of anything ever. And it is gyro focused and it explains mm-hmm. a lot about why gyro is the way that he is. And mm-hmm. it is absolutely incredible having seen all of that and going back to this episode and realizing, oh, wow, yeah, okay, that makes mm-hmm. so much sense. Like, yeah. why he's written like that and why mm-hmm. everything he says makes so much sense. And it just yeah. blows me away every time that pretty much every character gets to have an arc and gets to have a history and you know mm-hmm. sort of has their motivations and everything mm-hmm. explained uh, especially Jarwo I cannot wait it's incredible mm-hmm. I mean what, what you can already see here that I really love is that it shows you that he loves his 
little creations. Like he's yeah. very cool about Lil Bulb going evil as we've yeah. heard all of his inventions seem to do. But like fifty percent. Like yeah, on. the other half is misunderstood, so yeah, you can course. guess what that it's looked just... like. Mm -hmm. And that is incredible because I mean right now it's a really funny joke, but it becomes really amazing later mm -hmm. on to see that um as part of his character. Mm -hmm. And so but I I I would I was going to say this just to let you know to pay attention to that, but I don't think I would have mm -hmm. had to because you already love Jero so much you wouldn't yeah. pay attention to him anyway. But yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. You it really pays off because these are things that I think the original cartoon didn't like arcs mm -hmm. is not something 90s cartoons really had much of if mm -hmm. at all so this show like giving you full arcs for characters and stories without losing this monster of the week appeal is incredible mm -hmm. i mean there are some episodes that if you watch them without context you would be a bit confused that's true mm -hmm. but um it still works like a normal cartoon but it's mm -hmm. it so pays off to watch and um, yeah. pay attention to it and rewatch and see it all how it all came together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do like that. Um, I mean, it's only a glimpse in this moment, but um, the it kind of feels like a parallel um, the way uh, Scrooge defends uh, the fact that he keeps Gyro around, like even despite the fact that all his inventions turn out evil or kind of messed up. And, you know, his board um, suggests that he should get rid of him to, like, to cut expenses. And this is one thing that, you know, I, as somebody who only knows these characters, like, on a superficial level, mm. you know that Scrooge McDuck is the guy who cares about money above everything else. And there's his board saying, well we care about your money and we want you to like to to cut corners and fire this guy because he contributes nothing to your to your value like that is of any value to you and he like scrooge goes no you don't get it i need to keep him because he's my real little guy and that felt like a little bit of a parallel to um to the triplets learning um, to to love Webby in all of her weirdness, um, you know, to to show that even if somebody else doesn't see the value of you know a weird little guy or whatever, um, there is value to yeah. these people. Yeah, you you um, nailed it. That is exactly yeah. what they're trying to do here. I mean, he eventually mm -hmm. settles for their explanation. Listen, they will seek revenge on you if you fire them, but yeah. we know that that is not why he keeps these mm -hmm. people. Like he, like Scrooge genuinely values these people and mm -hmm. their weirdness. And yeah. it continues to be a theme in the show that he purposefully surrounds himself with these people because yeah. everyone is important and interesting in their own way. Mm -hmm. And everyone is family. Like that is a big thing. Yeah. It's not just because the, the nephews are related to him that they're mm -hmm. important. Everyone and I think they say this super early, I think in one of these episodes already, I think the next one, that their family, even when they're talking about characters who aren't related to each other, like they mm -hmm. call them fam, like they call mm -hmm. this unit of characters family. And that is very, like, they, this is a found family thing with actual blood related family in the middle, but mm -hmm. they don't even like they don't even try to explain it like they are not 
lampshading <laughs> it like we are not related but we're family anyway like they just say mm -hmm. you're part of us your family now mm -hmm. i think that's something yeah. they do without having to say it outright they just do it and that's really well mm -hmm. done yeah and and like even with these little moments i got the impression that like scrooge really cares about these people mm -hmm. because like like you said he gives this explanation about yeah they're gonna seek revenge but you know because he gets so emotional over it and like mm. he's so annoyed by his board um that they want to fire these people that you really see you know this is not about any like financial gain or value of these people in terms of money this is something very personal and yeah. he just wants these people around and i like that yeah this really the, the this episode sets th these things up really well, and also mm -hmm. just the way he delivers all the lines. Once again, David Tennant is incredible. Yeah, absolute master yeah. of his craft. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, then the one thing I wrote down also is um, that I <laughs> absolutely thought it was so funny the uh, the joke where. Um, Louis tries to watch on YouTube a video that teaches him to pick a lock and he like it's interrupted by commercials and then he ends up getting really invested in the commercials. Yeah. That was such a modern joke. Like that yeah. like wouldn't have existed I, and in I, the original show or in the nineties show. This joke about the show, the Ottoman Empire, where these brothers yeah. build Ottomans for people yeah, and they have like time constraints. So I love this joke because it is one of the most relatable jokes because I think everyone has an a reality TV show that they accidentally, just by chance, came across. Like in Louis' case, it was uh, at the beginning of the episode, he was too lazy to change the channel. And then he also saw the ad and got like really invested. For me, it was on a vacation to Greece. We only like we had <laughs> television, but only a few channels were in English, and one of them was the History Channel. So my show that I got really invested in, uh, for no reason and no base, no interest before, was Forged in Fire, where people <laughs> make swords. <laughs> competitively <laughs> that's incredible i don't know why i was so and unfortunately i haven't caught it on tv here yet at mm -hmm. back home but like i would watch more yeah. of the show like i'm so invested in the sword making show now mm -hmm. and just because i it didn't have anything else to watch and i think everyone has this one reality tv show that mm -hmm. they just accidentally got super involved in and it's a recurring joke in the show like this mm -hmm. ottoman empire has its own arc i love <laughs> like that. it's a show within the so show funny. basically it's so yeah. good oh yeah i i wrote down my favorite quote um from this episode which um is um unsurprisingly by gyro when like his entrance when he comes in and goes like shut up everyone i've done something brilliant <laughs> the delivery of that was so good oh god yeah he delivers all of his lines absolutely excellently mm -hmm. and you i th I th think he's the one that is the most obviously sort of autistic coder just from mm -hmm. very few lines like he needs cards to remember how to yeah. talk to people yes. because he can't talk to people like everyone else like he he like apparently scrooge wrote cards for him to remind him what normal people say before he yeah. says what he would say and mm -hmm. like even as he leaves and like says like all of these th thoughts that he has and scrooge is like next time wait till you're 
till the doors close to say this. Mm-hmm. Like he has no idea how to talk to people, and he's yeah. very clearly super invested in just this one thing, which is his machines. Mm-hmm. That is his one hyperfixation, the one thing he knows everything about and cares yeah. about and has an emotional connection with, while mm-hmm. everything else in the world is completely foreign to him. Yeah. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand why other people don't see his machines the way he does. He doesn't understand mm-hmm. how to talk to people. And mm-hmm. that is, I think, what makes Gyro for neurodivergent people such an incredibly, incredibly good character to obsess yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do like, like, um, the comparison comes, of course, from the actor, but... Um... When I was watching Community, the Dean was absolutely mm. one of my favorite characters. But sometimes with Community, it's hard to tell if they're, like, making fun of these people or just really, you know, um, I know showing you them mean. in all their depth. Yeah. And, of course, I interpret it as, you know, I love this character. I'm going to read this um, beneficially. But... In this show, like in DuckTales, there's really no question. Mm. He is absolutely weird. And people in this show are upset by it. But um, Scrooge obviously like doesn't really have an issue with it. He only tells him these things to keep up appearances in front of others. I think Scrooge himself wouldn't care. No. Clearly because not. He, 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 he like he, he talks to him just normal yeah. and it's like, hey, next time don't say that while you're yeah. in the room. So, like he doesn't mind that mm-hmm. he talks like that. He just knows it would help his case if the board mm-hmm. that really wants to get rid of him wouldn't hear him be like that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely amazing. And it as the show goes on, that's sort of like I said, the show is about embracing that people are weird, so the theme of hey act normal around other people is not super huge like it usually is just a source of conflict that gets resolved by we love people for being different and weird so it's not like the solution to the problem is that somebody acts different the solution to the problem is that people sort of learn to appreciate each other for who they are and uh those things so i i, I really like the way they do it especially with gyro who's so bad mm. at talking to people <laughs> and yeah the the way also they set up something where apparently he's going to build a super robot kind of iron man construction or whatever it's going to happen there so I you have no idea excited. do you no this didn't ring no a bell idea. that's good no it's good because no. you will get so gobsmacked by this art <laughs> if you don't know yet what this is referencing so I mean I knew all these things because I was obviously the show came out and I was like I need to know everything that I can and as you can tell I already forgot a lot of things of the old DuckTales show I just sort of for baseline like we watched mm-hmm. some stuff but yeah this is uh, a huge reference that most viewers who um, watch this show because they already love the old show immediately recognized okay um, but if you didn't, that's just going to make it more fun, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very that, excited. I, I cannot wait. Oh, God. And be... I cannot wait. Because, yeah, I'm not giving anything away. I'm just mm-hmm. excited. And my favorite okay. line, because that's what mm-hmm. you were just doing, is mm-hmm. um, Dewey's, uh, le- uh, after all these trials, when they finally reach the part of the, the secret part of the library that they were trying to get to, um, and he puts his hand on the scanner and you expect it to be a hand scanner, but it pokes yeah. him to take a blood sample and he goes, what is up with this stupid library? Yeah. <laughs> his absolute childish, like just 
upsetness over that the mm-hmm. way it was delivered was so funny to me yeah and also like oh, of course it immediately, so immediately makes sense because uh you know they they <laughs> want to make sure that only the true heirs of you know only the family has access to this to these secrets but yeah it, it was surprising and then the l- delivery was so funny it was so funny because he also expected his hand to get scanned and he got yeah, poked of course <laughs> of course he did <laughs> Yeah, and they. What? I think they they do a great job um, playing with expectations, and not in a way I usually like get because I'm I'm pretty sure that a lot of that stuff in these um, episodes is very tropey, but like cartoon tropey, and I don't know the cartoon tropes. Like I know. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Like, you you don't even know tropes. what you like. You see something <laughs> and you're like, that's cool. You don't even know that it might yeah. be like a basic trope. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That's fun as so, hell. Yeah, I ha- I get a lot of new experiences here. <laughs> that is fun. And one thing that is very significant technically in this episode is not all the kids are here. Huey is not mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, the whole time I was like, <laughs> where's, where, where, where's my boy Huey? Where's my boy? <laughs> What's he up to? Um, I was like sort of expecting that by the end of it, we would see him in a completely wild setting. Like <laughs> this whole time he's, I don't know, on a safari. Or maybe he's just doing some really boring shit like his homework or something. Yeah, originally <laughs> they were thinking of ending the episode on a joke where Huey walks through the mansion and yells, where is everyone? Nice. Uh, but they left it out because it didn't feel right and most importantly what they wanted um with this was to step to choose it 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 allowed them flexibility because now that they realize they can make it work without having everyone in every episode that means they are very free to tell very different stories and give stories sort of the time and focus that they deserve without also having to give up a lot of their limited time just to be like hey by the way those characters are also here in their b plot like uh, that is you, it, if if you're not paying attention too much, you barely even notice that someone's missing because the episode is still so full. Um, but mm-hmm. it also doesn't feel like an unfair treatment of a character that Huey isn't here. He's just not. He just didn't come along. Like Dewey said to Scrooge, "Hey, thanks for letting Rabbi and me tag along." Huey just didn't have a reason mm-hmm. to be in the at the bin. That's yeah. all there is to it, and that's totally fine. And you'll see that again and again that characters will just not be in episodes sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. totally it. Totally works out for the show, and I, I'm really happy that they figured this out because it gave them mm-hmm. so much more freedom episode six hell yeah okay so (laughs) my first note for episode six is who is this dark edgy teen with pink hair and is she a lesbian (laughs) yeah so that is very funny that you say that so lena is a new character so she's one of the characters they invented you for the show um and when her character was announced so a lot of the characters um when they announced the show and everything they got like a poster that's just like a headshot of the character and who's voicing mm-hmm. them and um, like a one sentence description and Dina's was just like a new friend for Webby or something like that mm-hmm. and just this picture of her and I was like the first reaction I had was like oh my god I can't believe Webby gets a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was also my first instinct and mm-hmm. um, I'll talk about that later but that's not like canonically happening for mm-hmm. multiple reasons but I'll, that is something for talking about much later mm-hmm. Um, but for now, like, there's definitely undertones here that are not, like, discouraged of reading it, mm-hmm. like, Rebby having a crush or something like that. So that is not, like, actively discouraged. And I'm like, no, they're just friends, they're gal pals. But it's not something that 
you should expect in any way to be canonized. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't it, think it, so. It might sound now that that is disappointing, but that's actually the opposite of disappointing. But mm-hmm. it's too early for me to get into the details because we don't have enough storylines f- for me to mm-hmm. use to talk about yet. But yeah, it's... no, that's fine. And like, like uh, for me, uh, I like that wasn't an expectation. It was really just like a vibe I got, and I am very used to i think we talked about this before <laughs> in other contexts i'm very used to watching media where everything is just subtext or you know not explicitly stated or i it's just a projection from me onto the characters and i'm mm. very fine with that also so i'm open to pretty much everything at that point so yeah. so i would i just want to say that like the reason this isn't like a canon explicit thing that webby has a crush or anything like that is not like the reason isn't just because homophobia held them back or anything. It is. It has a very different reason too. Uh, but I, I wanna. I don't wanna like only yeah. half-ass this discussion without having all of the show that it requires to actually talk mm. about it. But yeah, it, it's it's not discouraged though. Like I said, like if I, I definitely mm. got the vibe too that Webby has like a little crush on this teenage edgy goth girl, mm. and it's not like completely unintentional like they know that people will read it that way and they don't like try to discourage it in fact mm. actually um so frank and gonas and sam king who's an i think an animator or storyboard director or something like mm-hmm. that on the show i'm sorry that i forgot to look it up but she has a pretty big role um in the sort of art part of the show mm. um they both contributed to a Ducktail scene that fans made with uh, queer themes, so that was a strictly mm-hmm. like LGBT Ducktales scene, nice. and they contributed to it. So Frankie Gones did the foreword, and Sam King made art for it, and mm-hmm. that I, even though that's not something that comes up hugely throughout the show, it is something that was always part of the making of the show. Like mm-hmm. queer people have worked on the show, people who are. Sup- like very outspoken allies like Frank and Gonis have worked on the show and mm-hmm. they've always tried to be as um, sort of leave the show as open and welcoming to everyone as possible and that very explicitly and intentionally included queer people so mm-hmm. when we look at Webby and say hey this feels like a little girl with a crush on an older girl that very much is something that could have intentionally been written into the mm. way the, this character is animated and written yeah so that is sort of a sensibility this show has always had so sort of in the groundworks as part like just as much part of the show as saying family is important and adventure is mm. great and stuff like that like everyone is welcome was always part of the show and as it goes on it becomes more and more clear but this was unfortunately a time in disney where making that explicit was difficult. Like, yeah. they didn't let you do much or anything. Yeah. But they... I mean, yeah. They, 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 like, they tried their best and they fought for it. And Dana Terrace went on to fight for Owl House basically mm. with their life. And, um, like, literally stood there and, uh, and, like, almost blackmailed the uh, studio executives to let mm-hmm. let let Owl House be explicitly queer. And yeah. it, it was an important uh, step forward for the Disney mm-hmm. Channel. But this show sort of, a lot of people don't talk about, but DuckTales did 
try to lay the groundwork for this by having you know queer people work on it and putting themselves in it and having later on some storylines that are more explicit mm -hmm. that episode was very interesting because it felt to me like i i didn't know that lena was a new character but i have the feeling <laughs> that you know some someone who was um introduced like i said i also thought that webby was a new character um but yeah it was um very interesting to see this you know kind of girls night versus the boys are off somewhere else doing their thing mm. and well they didn't want baby around so now it's kind of on them that they're not on screen i guess you know <laughs> that's, that's true that's i didn't even think about it that way that's, that's true <laughs> yeah um and i like that it's like this whole episode is so focused on these two girls and how they get to know each other and um like inside jokes and webby being so excited to finally have someone that she can have inside jokes with um and then the plot twist at the ending of yep. it really took me out damn so this ant magica that she addresses in the end that is magica the spell who is a main villain of the old ducktales show and sort of mm -hmm. one of the most iconic ducktales characters just in general like mm -hmm. she's a very iconic villain she's the witch in ducktales mm -hmm. and um she's sort of the main antagonist for scrooge mcduck so for ducktales lovers this was also like a huge twist reveal and mm -hmm. it is such like lena is a completely new character so they had to mm -hmm. write someone from the ground up and they decided to make it you know this mm -hmm. famous villain has sort of the sidekick that she um you know puts into this world and the way they wrote the storyline is incredible like you will see as it grows how amazing they are writing stories because they are limited by this being a kids show but they don't hold back somehow still it is just it's so good how they write new characters every new character they wrote into the show is such a full round complex lovable incredible flawed amazing character and lena is the first one we see and just from the start they commit so hard to making this character interesting and complex but mm -hmm. clearly establishing that we're supposed to root for her it's mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing because it is a plot twist you're like holy shit she works for the villain or like mm -hmm. she's related to the villain but you already feel like you feel this isn't mm -hmm. all there is to it like she's not just here yeah. to fuck them over there is going mm -hmm. to be a story here and boy what mm -hmm. a story it's gonna be yeah you know what i thought of was um actually ted lasso and that moment mm. um where where um ted and coach beard um say about roy oh just wait until we win him over yeah. he's gonna be so mad i was thinking about something like that it's, this little this little vibe. child like webby is obviously gonna worm her way into lena's heart yep. and she's not gonna be able to do anything that hurts webby because that's just that's you know exactly right. webby is it's exactly right i cannot wait it's really they did such an incredible job with lena it blows me away every time and seeing her first episode again it's just incredible they just the way they established her already fantastic mm -hmm. fan fantastic and also yeah this little crush that webby has on this very cool mm -hmm. older person with the pink hair Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cute yes oh, yeah we got the beagle boys again Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and that was the moment where I first thought, wait, hmm, some, 
is what, what's Lena doing? What's her deal? Why is she going to this party that's just the Beagle Boys? What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that was fun. I don't know. I, I, they are so, like, these villains are so cartoony. Mm-hmm. And they're just fully committing to it. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I'm, I'm, I appreciate so much that they are not trying to make them less silly. <laughs> they're really just fully committing to the yeah. silly, and I love that. Yeah, that's true. Like this is the opposite of every single one of these uh, grim dark TV shows that are a remake of some beloved childhood um, yeah. thing. You know where they try to make it more gritty and realistic. These people just go, nope, we're committing to it. Yeah. These, this is just silly. Yeah, they have a good balance between sort of the grim, gritty, mm-hmm. and uh, like kid-friendly grim, gritty, and mm-hmm. they're just silly. They have a good balance, and it continues to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And this episode also was one where I really thought, wow, visually this show is mm-hmm. so stunning. When Webby sits... Um, on the shore and the waves yeah. come crashing in and they're pink and orange that looks so cool yeah that like that the the way they deal with colors and like still maintain this well realistic is the wrong word but you know it doesn't feel overly i guess it doesn't feel artificial or like mm. over stylized but they still find such cool ways to integrate colors where you don't expect them. Yeah. Yeah, the art style. The art is truly mm-hmm. one of the biggest appeals of this show, yeah. Yeah. I think that's all the notes I had for so, for the episode so far. My favorite lines that I wrote down for this episode is oh, a yeah, tie sorry. between when they start, like when they take inventory and um, Dewey's like, what, did you eat my banana? And they start fighting and like Dewey yells and it's almost like you almost miss it. He yells, I need my potassium. It's very funny. And but also at the end when Huey tries to comfort Webby on the beach and he tells her that next time they'll uh bring her with them in the in the kayak <laughs> and he says, Louis. We'll leave Louie. He's bad at most things. It's so funny. Yeah. The way he delivers yeah. it is so funny. While Louis runs past in the background <laughs> fighting with a seagull. Yeah, wasn't wasn't he even like picked up by several yeah. seagulls and <laughs> <to> float around? <laughs> that was so He's funny. bad at most things. It's very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he wearing the hot dog vest? Wait, <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> because I 100% counted on the hot dog vest coming back because of the seagulls and how they eyed it. I have to watch that again. Check if he wears it at that point. Yeah, the show is very good with these little jokes. I think that is all the first six episodes. <laughs> but yeah, just sort of to take an inventory at the end of this, um, sort of. Yeah, I mean, your expectations were very low because you didn't know anything. So I don't think it makes much sense to ask. They didn't meet your expectations because you yeah. had none. So yeah, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but what's 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 your favorite character so far? Is it who is it? Yeah, I'm. Like, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Webby. Oh, right. I just. 
I I just wanna I don't know Lovely. I wanna protect her with my life because she's everything. Lovely. That's great. <laughs> and when she was sad on the beach, I wanted to punch these three boys because I was like, ah, <laughs> so mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean that is intentional. It, yeah. yeah. I think in a way they're also supposed to lampshade the sort of the girl always got left behind while everyone went mm-hmm. off to an adventure because the girl's useless. Um, yeah. And it lampshaded that sort of the boys didn't even have an adventure; they just got lost, mm-hmm. and that was it. And meanwhile, yeah. Webby just had the greatest adventure <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, Webby is a great choice. I mean, mine, like I said, mm-hmm. is Dewey of the ones we've seen so far, and yeah. he will always be on, like one of the top list, mm-hmm. top top of the list ones. Yeah, and I mean, like, like picking favorites is always impossible for me because I always have several favorites mm-hmm. for several reasons, yeah, and same. like of of the triplets, I think so far. The one I connected with most is Dewey also. And then, of course, I I cannot wait to see what uh, what else Gyro is going to bring into this. Oh, Gyro is going to be great. Yeah. Um, so of these episodes, what was sort of your favorite or maybe the, your most memorable one? Like the one that immediately, if someone asked you to describe DuckTales, like this is what you would go to. Hmm. Interesting. Well, my f- favorite, I think, was this uh, episode six mm. um, the, the because like it was so webby centric um, it was uh, yeah I don't know I liked the vibes of it I liked um, the yeah the, the colors and all that I, I thought it was really so pretty to look at and so fun to watch mm. uh, but to to choose one that's really more like like this is someone that I like something that I would show to someone. I think that would be the Fanzos one, hmm. the third one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which one would you pick? <laughs> you look like you would pick. Uh, no, I'm just surprised because one. you had so few notes on it. So I'm surprised yeah, it that's was the just, one you would pick. I I didn't have much to say about it, but it was a very good episode. <laughs> I, I think I might pick the. I, I think I might pick the fifth one, the Dime Chase. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but uh, this is mostly for just me. But do you have any theories? Anything you're expecting huh. to happen? What What are you from? What you know now? What do you think you can expect to happen? And it doesn't matter if you only have like one thing that you think will happen to one character or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if you have like over, like big arcs that you think. But mm-hmm. like, what do you think? What are What are yeah. you expecting? So like I mean, I said this um, already, but I I fully expect uh, that Lena is gonna be won over uh, by you know <laughs> Webby's uh, <laughs> cuteness and her whole deal. Um, I cannot wait to see what they have in store um, for this uh, Della Doc uh, storyline. But I don't have any theories about that. I really am fully clueless for now. Mm. Um, I. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what, what sort of happened there, but I cannot wait. Um, theories. I don't know. I have a hmm, question, maybe. I'm wondering, because in these first few episodes, we didn't see Donald much, and I was mm. really surprised. I, I fully thought Donald was going to be in every single episode, but he wasn't. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering... Um, what kind of storylines uh, he will get because I really want to see him more. Which is interesting because 
I have audio processing issues and I really struggled sometimes understanding him like to a point where I was, where I was considering switching to the German dubbed one. The, 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 um, the subtitles help immensely, I have yeah. to say. Yes. Um, but I mean, uh, they do make jokes about that. I mean, Donald as a character in its in his design is supposed to be hard to understand. Yeah, I, I know. Um, but yeah, I hope to, to see him more yeah, I'm not sure if I have any more theories. I don't think so. Okay, sure. I mean, you didn't see that much yet. I think next next yeah. time there's going to be... There might be some theories that you might have already. Oh, one thing I also wanted to ask. Um, mm -hmm. What animal do you think you or the two of us would be in the DuckTales universe? animal would I be? Can be just what bird or because they also have other animals but I think mm -hmm. I'll, I'll ask this question more than once because we get introduced to so many different characters and it might spark new ideas but mm -hmm. what do you think you would be? Hmm. Interesting. I mean most of the like important characters we've met so far have been ducks or like birds. Yeah. I think most <laughs> um, of them are dogs, yeah. I mean, it's DuckTales. Yeah. yeah. Gyro isn't a duck, right? He has a different beak. He's a different kind of bird. I think he's a chicken, but I'm honestly... <laughs> I love that. Of course he's <laughs> a chicken. Like, he has to be. <laughs> I think that was like... Some characters are sort of always in discussion about what kind of bird they are. Mm -hmm. For example, Launchpad is supposed to be a duck. But he does look like a pelican, but he's supposed to be a duck. Yeah, he really does look like a pelican. Yeah. I always thought he was a pelican. No, he's supposed to be a duck. Um, that's sort of, I think Gyro, it might be, a, I think Gyro is a chicken, but... Um... He's a very, like, slim chicken. That's not usually how <laughs> chickens play. But that, that's like Goofy. Like, Goofy is... They, that's not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um... Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think I have an answer for what kind of animal I would be That's right fine. now. I mean, I would. I would probably say a duck, just because. I don't know. I wanna. I wanna yeah, hang chicken. out with these kids and be a duck like them. Oh, it's <laughs> do it's... I mean, you don't have to be a duck too. Like this isn't. A, this isn't. <laughs> of course, I know. I know. No, I. I don't know. What. What would you be? I mean, if it had to be a bird, I think I would be an Eurasian jay. Obviously. Nice. Yeah, of course. greatest Very birds good. that we have around. <laughs> um, or just in general. I mean, they basically you can be any animal in this world. Mm. Um, like sort of, a, they, they, they have very great dog designs. I really love the dog designs mm. in the show. And you'll see a bunch more later on. One of those like really fun, funky looking ones. Mm -hmm. So what if I was a duck, but I wasn't like a duck in their way like a white with orange beak kind of duck but more like the ducks that we have yeah, mostly here sure. i'm not sure what they're called in english but you know the ones yeah. with the brown feathers and sometimes the shiny purple and greenish uh yeah, yeah. absolutely you can be anything you want i i, I want to be that <laughs> yeah love that nice i mean i'm very glad that you enjoyed ducktales I mean, with this is the core of the show. You never know how the person is going to react. And I'm very happy you mm. like it. And very happy that you're going to make so much more of this. And I hope everyone yeah. listening also enjoyed this <laughs> and wants us to do more of this. Mm. Like, that's something I can say for now is um, 
Like, if people listen to this and they haven't watched DuckTales, I can fully recommend it. <laughs> nice. Like, even if you don't like cartoons, or even if you don't watch many cartoons, you should at least check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool, that's that's it for today. <laughs> Long episode, probably. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, we want to thank Mikuno Salome on Tumblr for our very cool cover art. And if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Tumblr and now also on TikTok at GTSY Podcast. Or you can find us on Twitter at Crimcast. Or you can also send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com. And remember, life is like a hurricane here in the dark earth. Race cars, lasers, airplanes in the